Great to have you back on the Top Cheddar Podcast. I'm Cam Moon, Rob Lawlisher, joining Hello. me as always. Good to have you here, Lolly. Good to and be here, love, Mooner. Hey, we love talking hockey. We love talking business uh, with the hockey guys that have you know, gone on to great success after their hockey careers are over. And this you, you week's guest... You make that sound so, so permanent. Over. So it's over. Well, over. hey, you had a good, good run. Good chapters just beginning for them. That's right. And hey, the, the guy that we got this week, he's got lots of chapters and they've been great chapters. Uh, a former Red Deer Rebel. So yeah, I'm incredibly biased on this. But a uh, first round pick of the Pittsburgh Penguins, a 13 year pro career, and has now moved on to uh, working with Sportsnet on their NHL coverage, on uh, some of their junior coverage and doing television work in Pittsburgh as well. So it is uh, former Red Deer Rebel, Colby Armstrong. Colby, thanks for joining us. Uh, Mooner, Mooner, this is just bringing back memories. Usually I'm used to seeing the back of your head, Lolly, as I rode in the back uh, seat just behind uh, Cam Moon for many years as a Red Deer Rebel. Yes, yes, <laughs> you did. Yeah, a lot of years on the bus, a lot of miles. And the good part is... Case, Mooner's head looks the same from the front as it does the back now. <laughs> you cannot tell yeah. the difference. Yeah, that is that is true. Hey, Mooner, face really... forward. Oh, yeah. you are. You are. I put okay. sunglasses on backwards, and Colby thought I was staring at him. <laughs> <laughs> the weekend at Bernie's luck, the entire yeah. bus trip from Mooner. Yeah. For sure. Well, I've been to that level of, of drunk, so, yeah, I certainly know all about that. Hey, yeah. Mooner, so, quickly, before you get yes. going on some questions for Kobe, just, just want to do a quick shout-out and thanks to our sponsor, Top Cheddar. We've, we've got twigandberries.ca, like men's apparel, folks. The name says it all. It takes care of you. they got underwear, socks, all kinds of cool stuff. And they have a code for us. If you want 15% off, go to twigandberries.ca and uh, put in the code Top Cheddar and uh, start shopping. Have some fun. That's right. Okay. So yes, remember our uh, our code. We got a code now. We're, we're, big we're, we're in the big leagues. Yeah. We're in the big leagues with our code. Uh, yeah, yeah, Colby. So we'll talk some hockey. Uh, you come to the Red Deer Rebels. You play three years with the Rebels. Those are three. I mean, two of the three. The the ones a Memorial Cup championship, a WHL championship. Your last year, the team goes to the WHL final, uh, lost to the Kootenai Ice in the final in six games. But when you look back at your time playing with the Rebels, uh, coming from Saskatoon, uh, where you grew up, uh, what sort of memories do you have? Much like uh, guys that played junior aren't from the place where they played. It's always, you never know what you're kind of getting into or where you're going or how the town's going to be and um, or the city or how your teammates are going to be as everyone's from all over Western Canada. So, um, you know, but I was really lucky for one to go to like the perfect size uh, city in Red Deer. It was, it was, uh, very, very comfortable, super easy. Um, as I got into it, Mooner, you know, like we ride the bus, uh, bus a lot in the Western league. Our travel was fairly mild comparatively just being so central in the league, um, and in our, in our division. Um, and, and after that, getting to know the teammates and, you know, what Brent Sutter put together with a lot of the young guys that we kind of grew together as a group surrounded by some really solid, good veteran guys. Um, it was, it was one of the best hockey experiences of my life. So I, I love the city. I love the people there. Um, I loved what Red Deer Rebels meant to the community. It was something really special. I think a lot of guys appreciate that about their junior careers, but for me in particular with Red Deer, um, and then just a really awesome group of guys that, you know, we still stay in touch. We had a zoom little, uh, FaceTime zoom call with some of the guys, uh, that could get together for, from our championship Memorial cup wow, team too nice. during quarantine winter, which is really awesome just to stay in touch. And now, you know, we'll get into it later, but the post career work and being able to come back from for prospects game, uh, and hosting the Memorial cup now in my second career, it was really cool to get back there and see some old familiar faces, people that work at the rink, right? People it's, that were working the penalty boxes, people yeah. that are ushers at the rink. Like you really get to know everybody um, at that level because it's just so much more community community oriented in junior hockey and and and, and especially in Red Deer. That's what that's what we were really all about. And it was it's it's uh, it's a great place to play. That community that you speak of, and I, I thought it was very evident in that Memorial Cup run, uh, you know, all through the playoffs. And and Lolly, you've seen it. Uh, in Saskatoon, when the Blades hosted in 1989, I thought the, the feel was very similar there. Yeah. But as things were starting to roll, Colby, the Rebels take out Lethbridge in the first round in five. 
And then uh, a tough second round against the Calgary Hitmen. You scored that huge goal. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> Rebels are down one nothing in the series. Lolly, just let me set this up for you. <laughs> Rebels lose the Please. first game at home. Uh, so it was an upset because the Rebels were the, the favorite team. The second game goes to overtime. And if Render goes down 0-2 going back to Calgary, not that you can't do it, but she's a pretty tough road back. And I want to say it was double OT. Colby scores a wraparound goal. The place went bananas. It was so loud. Like you couldn't even talk to the person next to you. Colby, what do you remember from that game? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, bringing like that whole run was unbelievable. And, and the Lethbridge series, we dropped the first game in that one as well. I got suspended for uh, elbowing penalty actually in that series. Um, and then we knew Calgary, obviously a huge rivalry as, as you know, most teams in junior have that, that one rivalry growing up in Saskatoon, it was, you know, PA Raiders. Whoever is an hour and a half away. That's your, yeah, that's, that's, that's your right. rivalry. That's your rival. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is. So uh, an hour and a half, two hours down the road was Calgary. And I mean, we're talking, you know, Chris Beach, Kristanovich, Kinch on defense, uh, Nielsen, Pettinger, who they got as well. Like, they were a really solid, well-coached, uh, highly skilled team and had given us really a lot of trouble in my time as a rebel um, just being really, they're just really good team. Um, so dropping the first game in that series as we did against Lethbridge in the first round um, kind of had us a little bit uh, on edge, especially we had home ice advantage. So um, there was just a lot on the line in that game too. Uh, and what was it? It went to double overtime. Yeah. Um, yeah and uh, I just remember picking a puck up in the corner, a guy, a goalie, it was kind of in between me and the goalie, like a 50, 50 puck for like a poke check. Uh, and he elected to kind of go for it. I beat him to it and, and beat him to the other side of the back door of the net uh, for a wraparound to, to get us that game. And, um, you know, the, who knows what would have happened in the series had, had we not won that yeah. game just because how strong Calgary was. But after that, we really got rolling and some other guys took over in the series and had some big games. I remember Joel Steph going down to Calgary and just lighting it up. Um, um, but, yeah, that was huge. And then I come out of the ring. I come out after um, – and I don't know if I had to do like the old hot stove up in the lounge. Like we used you to probably do. did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I used to love doing that yeah. with, the, with, the, with the fellas and, and sitting up there with everyone drinking in the beer gardens, like so junior yes. hockey and you do like the little radio post game, sit down with them. Um, but I remember coming out and my family drove in from Saskatoon, which was super cool. I had no clue they were there. Um, and it was just like awesome to see my parents. Um, and you know, obviously, you know, that's probably one of my biggest goals in junior hockey for sure. Just because, of uh, you know what it meant at the time and just double overtime. That's such a cool thing. But to have my parents and surprise me after the game, I remember cool. that uh, being pretty awesome. What was yeah. your uh, celebration move? Did you have one? Did you flurry <laughs> slide? Uh, uh, I, uh, moonwalk? I, I, I know it exactly. I picture in my head. I did like a double gun, like shooting into the sky, <laughs> but like really, really embarrassing style because I was super skinny and frail, and it was like like really nerdy. It was like super nerdy, and then just getting mauled. Did you throw the glove up, the Solani? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, didn't. I didn't have enough strength. He did, you didn't have time. Well, you didn't yeah, have time. You got mobbed. Yeah, I got mobbed by the boys. Yeah, it was it was pretty incredible. And you talk about the rink. I mean, I think we were – I don't know if Sutsi was putting – Brent Sutter was putting in more stands at the time, but, but our rink was, like, literally to capacity. And, and the, the support and the energy and, like, the explosion in our rink most nights was yeah. uh, off the charts. So – Perfect size junior rink, and they and they ram it pretty full. It makes for a pretty awesome uh, environment. Yeah, it it was it was you know it was well beyond capacity. Like we're yeah. stuffing <laughs> them in with a shoehorn, but yeah, whatever. Hey, fire marshal, yeah. is he on the other yeah. side of town? Okay, good. <laughs> he's Bring in a hundred more. Of, he's either out of town or he's got the best seat in the house, yeah. one or the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like that. Uh, Rebels win it, uh, the WHL in, uh, in Portland in five games, and then uh, the Memorial Cups in Regina that year. As it worked out, you guys won the first two games, which got you the bye to the final. So the third game, very important for the Regina Pats, not so important for the Red Deer Rebels. Uh, Pats win it to get into a tiebreaker. But you play uh, Valdor for year in the final game that goes to overtime. In the round robin, it went to overtime. Rebels win both of those. When you look back at that, like that Valdor team was really good. It, 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 it truly could have went either way. But what do you think of when you think back to that Memorial Cup? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just think of our team really like how we how we played guys and I'm sure you guys played on some teams that specialized in certain things or, you know, your power play carried you through a year and, you know, just the way that we played and maybe some um, poking, prodding from uh, Sutsi every once in a while. Um, <laughs> but we could really, we could really play any way you wanted to play. So we, we could, you know, against Ottawa in our second game, they were more of like a, a little bit more of a grindy team. They had some really good skill guys, but we were able yeah. to play kind of a little more hard-nosed style. And then against a Valdor team who was really running gun, what were those games, like 6-5 finals, yes. both of them? Yeah. Yeah, so we were able to, you know, stick with teams with, you know, guys that were putting up 100 and some points. Uh, I think they had a guy, Chris Linus, on defense. I remember looking at the stats, because it's not like now how it's so easy to look at a guy now. It's so easy to see a guy – and we just see these players, we look at their stats, like the wet the internet just was like, not like, I don't know. It's just hard to explain because the internet just wasn't there. Like you got the hockey news and you can flip it open and look at the hockey news. It's crazy. I'm talking about this. I'm only 37 years old, but yeah. it was really kind of like <laughs> stone ages comparatively to how it is now and how we're able to showcase junior talent and able to see it. And, um, you know, so for us to get our eyes on some of these guys that we see on the stat sheets or on the, in, in the hockey news on the, on the CHL page and, how many points they're putting up Simone Gamash and Brandon Reed and some of these guys wow. they had, it was just to actually get on the ice and experience the way they played and how good they were and actually get to see them with your own eyes. Um, that was just like, we didn't know what kind of what to expect. So um, yeah, they, they were, they were, they were a really good team. I mean, they gave us everything that we, we could handle. We caught it. We caught a little bit of lucky break. I stay in touch with Alexander Rouleau who was a defenseman yeah. for Valdor and he's now a scout for the Chicago Blackhawks and he was drafted to the Pittsburgh Penguins where I was. So we played against each other there and then had to see each other at camp and in Wilkes-Barre in the minors for a bunch of time, but he still gives it to me every once in a while. I talk to him. He'll text me if some, if he sees me on TV now or something that we got lucky in that final game where we got the five <laughs> on three penalty and we were yeah. down by two and we scored both goals on the five on three to able to, to tie the game to start the third period, which was huge. Um, and so there's still kind of that, that battle back and forth, but it's, um, just ask him if he knows where you can get your ring polished. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you recommend good spot. Yeah. I I let him know about it all the time. Yeah. It was, uh, but it was incredible experience, like to go to the Memorial cup, to go to a tournament like that, uh, after winning your league and just, you know, I talked about how close our team was and, and, and that goes for, you know, parents and families. And yeah. when you go through a run like that, like a lot of people are at games all the time. And my grandparents came down from Calgary all the time. And, you know, the Vandermeer family was all there and, and the Russell brothers who are now, you know, had their time in the NHL, the other one playing in Edmonton right now, Chris, they were at all the games watching us as youngsters and, yeah. It was just like kind of like we go to dinner after every game. There was a big family following. So when we got to that tournament, it was brothers and sisters out to the, you know, if they were a little older, they're out to the bars and then they're all scattered across hotel rooms and sleeping wherever. It was just like such a family cool tournament to be there for that, for that, uh, you know, 15, 14 days, however long it is. It, it was, it's such a great memory. Well, yeah. I heard probably, there been uh, a few... Oh, sorry, Mooner. No, I I say... that... After you, my friend. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go. <laughs> I was saying that there, there might have been a bar or two in Regina. I'm, <laughs> I'm not completely sure. I can't confirm that, but yeah, but I think there might have been one or two. That downtown was, was busy. Yeah, it was it was great, and and usually Regina is you know fairly just a, a small Saskatchewan city. Really, yeah. it's like kind of like Red Deer, I guess, in a way, and um. So, you know, they put on a, you know, for that event, I was just got to go back there and, and work the hundred year anniversary yeah. of the Memorial cup in Regina as well. Um, and they did a great job. And so, you know, you get in these like great little hockey communities, they know how to, they know how to do it upright. And they did it good that weekend for not only us, but for the families and fans that made the trip there. Scored my that, first goal in Regina. I love that. Town. Did you? I didn't score many boys. <laughs> no. so that memory's vivid. You'll remember that. Yeah. Wow, that's that's pretty say, good, Kobe. The circle of life. You were you were probably a little guy banging on the glass uh, to Lolly and Mooner sitting on the end of the bench. Uh, oh, I was a huge Cam Moon guy. I was a huge yeah. Cam Moon guy in Saskatoon, <laughs> big time. Sure, collected right his on. hockey card. Got it. Yeah. The police used to have this program, Lolly, where they drive around and they'd have all the cards, and you could collect hockey cards. And I had <laughs> yeah. everyone going. They did it for like three or four or five years when I was a kid. It was great. So then I got to go to the team and I sat right behind Mooner on the bus. It was incredible. That's right. (laughs) The Blades play cards. I remember them well. They're the best. Uh, They're the best. Uh, 
first round pick of the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, Colby, you go on to pro hockey. Your 20-year-old year, you play in the American League in, uh, in Wilkes-Barre. How big a jump was that for you to go from WHL to the American Hockey League? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot different. First of all, like, when I got drafted, I was like, okay, the Penguins, cool. This is cool. Mario Lemieux, first thing you think of. And then, you know, after that fact, you have to look yeah. at the minor league team. And I'm like, Wilkes-Barre, where the heck is this? I was, like, getting on a <laughs> – I was trying to open up, a, uh, you know, like a, a map to see where it was and figure out where I'm going. And it was a relatively new team before – after I'd gotten there. It had only been around for, you know, four years or so. Um, so I didn't really know what to expect or what to experience. But just the jump from play in general, guys, was, was, was huge. It's not like it is now where they have, like, a veteran rule – and they, you can only have like four veterans in your yeah. lineup, I think, or three now every night. And I think to become a veteran, it's like 250 games. So it's not even, you know, really that long. Um, and, I, you know, I was surrounded by, you know, 30-some-year-old guys, and, you know, guys with mullets. And they're, you know, they've got a few screws loose every night I'm playing <laughs> against them. So it was just a little, it was a little <laughs> bit different, more different than it is uh, in the minors now. Um, so it was a, it was a massive jump playing from, you know, junior to really truly going up against men um, and, you know, rookies that I was, you know, 19 coming into the season. There was guys coming out of college at 23, 24 years old that were, you know, ripped up like bad report cards from just nailing the gym all day. Yeah. Just yeah. working out like beasts and playing like 30 games where I was running through the ringer of playing 72 plus postseason games. It was just, it just was a totally different beast that I was coming into and, you know, physical development and, and, and everything like that. So, um, yeah, it was an eye-opener for sure at the, at the quality of play, the size and professionalism of, of guys and um, the age of guys for sure. How much did that help your, your jump to the National Hockey League when you made it? Like that time in the American League, how much did that help you develop? Yeah, well, oh, it was huge. And, and look, and, you know, I think, I think the big thing with guys now is everybody's in a big rush. Like there's 18, 19 year olds just running to the NHL right now. And they're, don't get me wrong, they're, they're really good and really skilled. But, um, you know, I think I developed a little bit, took me a little longer. And I, I was, I wanted to play in the NHL. I did big time. And I've had good camps and getting cut and sent back down. And I cleared waivers the one time. And, you know, you kind of think like, eh, man, I'm, am I going to Russia next year? Like, well, how am I going to crack this team? I've been <laughs> yeah. in the minors for three years now. Um, but at the same time, like everything I learned down there from working with coaches, um, you know, we had uh, Mike Yo and, and Michelle Terrian as my coaches down there through um, most of my minor league career. Um, you know, countless veteran players. A guy comes to mind, Tom Kostopoulos, who had a stint with the Calgary Flames. He's really just a 500 plus NHL games, 500 plus American league games. Uh, he was our captain and, and just watch the way guys operate and handle themselves um, within the schedule and, and, you know, workouts and, and handling and, you know, taking care of your business was, um, was good for me. So I look back on it and go, I'm, I'm thankful for my three and a half years in the, in the American league to, you know, made sure when I, when I finally cracked the NHL lineup, I was, I was prepared and my game was at a consistent level where I could stick and I never went back down. No, exactly. And then you made the move to Pittsburgh. You've made Pittsburgh your yeah. home, you know, since hockey ended. Uh, how did you enjoy your time with the Penguins? Yeah, it was great. You know what? It was great, guys. And we, much like Red Deer, like I, I got there, we were, we were really a, a bottom team in the, in the standings. Um, but they were, we, we had, you know, all these young picks with like Ryan Whitney, Brooks, Orpik. You know, myself, uh, Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, Jordan Stahl, Marc-Andre Fleury, like they had been racking up uh, picks from being <laughs> terrible and, and getting, yeah. uh, you know, some pretty high picks uh, and the ability to kind of push all these guys up in there together. A guy like Max Talbot, who I played three years with in the minors as well, Rob Scuderi, like they, they developed a lot of guys in the minors and the team wasn't very good. But when we all started to come up and then you add the, those superstar guys, um, it made for really, truly a quick turnaround. So I kind of came in there at a time, um, you know, when, when you could start to see a little bit of the writing on the wall um, with the Penguins. And uh, it was Sid's first year. And I got called up just after Christmas, right before New Year's for my first game and lasted the rest of the year there. And at the end of the year, we were kind of all young guys going, man, who knows? Like, I think we could be okay next year. Like we could be, we could be pretty good. We kind of got our feet wet and started to kind of, uh, figure it out and it wasn't wasn't long before the you know the pens have been now like 
that next year have had not never missed the playoffs since the, the uh, my second year in the league. Wow, pretty good run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the longest stretch in <laughs> and longest um, run of playoff uh, making the playoffs in the NHL after Detroit didn't make it a few years ago. So, yeah, the Pens have been you know a constant team as long as they've had Crosby and Malkin and kind of set a culture around here of being kind of this playoff Stanley Cup uh, caliber hockey team. You get traded to Atlanta so you spent some time in Atlanta before their their move to Winnipeg. Um, I've never been there. Tell me about Atlanta. What was that like to yeah, play? Crazy. Hey, I, want, I don't have my Thrashers jersey up and behind me here but uh, <laughs> the movers should. <laughs> I should throw one up there. Yeah, I definitely should. It was uh it was, it was honestly moving there. I thought I was going to go there and just be in shorts and a t-shirt all day long. And it yeah. was going to be like I was in Florida, but it was, I, I got there and it was a little bit cooler than I expected. And then, you know, spending the years that I did there, it was, we got some snow and we were cold. There, wow. It was way much colder than I expected throughout the, the hockey season. But going from a market in Pittsburgh that I feel is like perfect because it's like they love sports here. You know, the, the Steelers, the Pirates, the Penguins. Um, you know, all the college football and everything around this area. Um, and, you know, so you kind of get that environment of excitement. And then going to Atlanta, especially in hockey, was kind of just like way out there, man. It was like yeah. we had yeah. one beat writer. It was, it was really quiet. You know, there was no real pressure. You know, I, I, I flip on the highlights and they'd run a few hockey highlights of games. And then they'd be like, <laughs> And now and to high school five. football. Yeah. <laughs> and it was 5-2 in Atlanta. Thrashers lose to the Carolina Hurricanes. Zero highlights, nothing to show. Nothing. Like, like, they're not showing that. So it was, uh, it, it, was, it was different that way. But as far as living there, I loved it. I'm still friends with neighbors that we met there, some great people. Uh, I got married there. Two of our kids were born there. Um, just a really good community. It's too bad hockey didn't work out there because – you know, the quality of living and, 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 you know, lifestyle in Atlanta is awesome. It's a, it's a, tr it's a really great city. So you think there's um, anything I, they could have done to have changed? Well, the guys that own the there? team own the, own the Hawks, the basketball team as well. And, and obviously the Hawks were, you know, a big ticket in town. Uh, they've been there a while and, you know, have some major names that have come through there. So it was, it was tough to compete with them, but I don't think there's just enough push, you know, yeah. behind you know, the hockey product from the ownership group and, and, you know, out into the community um, that way. So to drum up attention that we needed um, for hockey, uh, it was, it came a little bit harder. I remember walking through the mall there and there's the Gwinnett gladiators. We practiced in Gwinnett. I remember a guy coming up to me. It's like the only time ever anybody has been like, Hey, are you Colby Armstrong? And I'm like, yeah, awesome. How are you doing? Like a hockey fan, you know? And, and, yeah. and, and he was like, man, I hope one day you can make it to the gladiators. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, okay. And I walk away and I'm like, the gladiators are even East coast. League. Like, like what's this guy thinking? Like what the hell is going on here? So that was, that was pretty funny. It Me too. Like Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I was like, okay. Yeah. Thanks man. But um, yeah, it's too bad. It didn't work out there. Like my family come down and visit. My dad was kind of pissed about it. He's like, man, it's, it's too bad hockey didn't work here because it's, yeah. a, it's a, honestly it'd be a great place to play and it was a great place to live. What's the smallest crowd you played in front of uh, in Atlanta? Oh, I remember lining up one time next to a guy. I forget who we were playing, and there was like nobody in the rink. I think they announced it was like they announced like good numbers and they probably had corporate tickets sold, but like no one was there, so it looked yeah. like there's like you know four thousand people. It was a beautiful arena. bubble training, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful arena. And the guy lines up to me. He goes, "How do you play here?" <laughs> It's like, oh my God, just drop the puck. <laughs> just drop the puck. <laughs> well, it didn't work there twice. I don't think they're going to get yeah. a third chance. Yeah. Uh, and then you, it's funny how you went from like a place where, where hockey was like so far down the list to the one of the places where hockey is like right at the top and then some yeah. in Toronto. So you get to play for an original six. And then you went to Montreal, played for another original six. So maybe two of the best hockey markets there are in the entire NHL, that must have been like culture shock. Yeah, it was crazy. And, and, you know, usually when you go to cities, even in junior, you just kind of pull in, play, and leave. So you don't get to see too much of it. And that's kind of the same thing. NHL, you come in, you go to a nice dinner, go home, go to bed, get up, it's game day. And then you fly out right after, at least in the, East, in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, in the East, yeah. Well, a lot, a lot better. Um, but I didn't know like Toronto super well, to be honest with you. So when I, like just my initial reaction to the city of Toronto is like, it, it's huge. 
it was mm-hmm. huge like traffic it was great it was so connected like every suburb is just like toronto for like forever so yeah. that was something else i was like oh my goodness because if you're in the downtown core by the water it's like okay you think it, that thing goes north forever it's it's never ending so the initial size was crazy um and then obviously i paint playing in like an a market in the nhl with you know all the media hubs sportsnet tsn's everyone's there uh cbc sports um you got it you got it all and it was it was a, a much different atmosphere um you know you know leading up to games through certain stints of the season that weren't going too well you always seem to remember those um and uh just post game stuff and post practice it was, it was like something um you don't see too often so to experience that for two years there and playing there was uh was 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 pretty cool i always wanted to go somewhere where it was like that so yeah. coming out of Atlanta, I, I was thrilled at the opportunity to go and, and play in Toronto and um, experience, you know, what it was to play for one of those teams with the crazy history that they have and all the star players that they have and the alumni and come out and Sittler's there and, you know, Wendell Clark's hanging around. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was really cool to, to, you know, play two years there. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Great, uh, great hockey market for sure. Uh, I know you were part of uh, a Team Canada at the World Championships uh, 2007. Yeah. That looks like a Team Canada jersey yeah. behind you there. Yeah, very nice. Uh, gold medal. You were guys, were you in Russia? Yeah, we were in Russia. It was the first time I tried out for World Juniors and, and when I was in Red Deer and got cut. Um, so it was an, I, I've never played for my country before. So it was, it was really, really cool to get the opportunity um, to go and play for Team Canada and I remember I was at our team lost out of the playoffs. I was with the Penguins at the time. We lost out to Ottawa. We went to the finals that year and lost. Um, but uh, I was at a Pirates game like a week after the season with the guys. We're having some beers and kind of unwinding, having a, hanging out with everyone. And like my phone rang and I got a call. I was like, okay, hello. He's like, hey, this is Steve Eiserman. And I'm like, I'm like, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> Holy shit, Steve, why? And he's like, hey, I just want to know if you'd like to come and play for us at the World Championships in Russia. And I'm like, I would love to. Like, when, 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 when are we doing this? And he's like, you're leaving tomorrow. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> I, go, I go, Stevie, I'm not going to lie. I've been kind of, uh, you know, uh, hanging out with the boys the last little while yeah. here. Beverages are involved. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too confident. Like, you know, like one day off in, during the season is hard. You talk about four or five days off. That's brutal. Like, you know, you feel awful. The rust factor is huge. And he goes... He goes, ah, don't worry about it. It's like riding a bike. So as soon as Stevie Y said it's like riding a bike, you'll be fine. Um, I, I don't know. I felt like super confident that I'd just be able to get in there and get it done. And, you know, showing up to the hotel in, in, in Moscow and my first time ever doing anything overseas like that was uh, was incredible. And then to p- put that jersey on uh, and represent your country and kind of the emotion and feeling that go with that was was an incredible experience. And, of all the teams that I played on, I know my mom was pretty thrilled. I played with Toronto for the Leafs, but um, that was like my mom's favorite moment to, of my career is having the ability to get to uh, play for Team Canada. And yeah, we won the gold medal, and then I got called back. I, I scored the game-winning goal, Mooner, in the gold medal. Oh, my game. God. So it was – it made it 3-1, to one, which was really cool. Um and the score ended up being four to two. So it held up as the game winner. So it's not like I scored yeah. in overtime, not like it's a good sounding story, but uh, that was the only goal I scored in the entire tournament, which was pretty awesome to, to you know, factor in like that. Um, and then I got to go back a few years later, we were in Switzerland for another chance to play for team Canada. And uh, we, we lost to Russia in the final. So talk about heartbreaking when you lose wow. to like your country's hockey rival, um, uh, you know, to experience that is, 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 is tough. So, you see those world junior kids and what they go through and if they do suffer defeat, you know what they're feeling like, man, it's, it's a, it's a lot to, uh, to have that feeling of, of, of representing your country and suffering defeat, but man, does it feel good to win? I bet. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's, it's the oh, greatest. Yeah. And to play, you know, the coolest part guys is to play with guys that I played against in the league. And I was kind of like a shit disturber out there and yeah. a little bit of a rat. So you know, that was a little bit awkward going into dressing rooms with guys that I was poking at a little bit throughout the, you know, my, my seasons. And, um, and then it, it makes it a little tougher getting to know guys that guys are just really great guys, you know, just awesome, awesome guys and, and getting to know them and their families through those tournaments. It made it a little tougher in the next years after that, going back and 
you know, lining up some of these guys and going out. Oh, hey, man, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, it's like, it just totally, it's, it's kind of weird, but a great experience. And you see how those guys do. Like, I played with Marty St. Louis over there, one guy in particular, you know, Stamkos, Dowdy, Shea Weber, all these guys, um, you know, I have the ability to see them in practice for those three weeks that you're there and hang out with them off the ice and watch playoff hockey because we would stream the games in on whatever sling box. So we were able to watch the games late at night and kind of, just sit and chat hockey with some of these guys. And obviously St. Louis went on to be a hall of famer now, but just to see the dedication and you know, how they practice with that was something else I yeah. took, I took away from it. It was just incredible. The, yeah. uh, at goal, would you say that was the biggest goal of the career or, or <laughs> if you had to pick another, what was it? Yeah, I would say that goal. And um, I scored a triple overtime. I think it was triple overtime in Wilkesbury in the playoffs as well. So I have a few, but that goal definitely was probably my, most memorable just because of um, what it held up to be and at the end of the end of yep. the game. I think I read somewhere you scored the first uh, goal of the outdoor game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the winter yeah. classic. Yeah. That was a real beauty, Lolly. That was a beauty. Uh, <laughs> you know, first winter classic in Buffalo. It's snowing kind of another thing. We didn't really know what to expect. I think the Oilers and Flames would play or Oilers and Habs. Yeah, played in a heritage classic in, in yeah. Edmonton. My buddy Jared Stoll um, played in that game. So I got to kind of hear some. I, I, and the only thing yeah. I heard from that one, it was like minus 40 and everyone's was, ears uh, were freezing. A fan sitting. I was a fan no, sitting in the stands. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to lie. After the uh, Gretzky and Messier departed the ice, no one, no one was super interested in watching the main game because <laughs> it was about minus 40 that day. Yeah. The beer yeah, was freezing in the cups, right? Yeah. Beer yeah, was freezing in cups. Yeah. yeah, you're drinking a beer Slurpee, but yeah. um, a little bit more mild, but we had snow, like the scene was perfect. And um, literally it was, I think it was like 20 seconds into the game I scored. So it was, you know, D to D in the neutral zone a little nice. bit, you know, to Sidney Crosby, drove the D wide. And I just like came in like a seagull around it, around the <laughs> dumpster and just kind of chipped the puck over Ryan Miller right off to start the game. So um, how many people yeah. did they have at that game? Oh, jeez, uh, I don't even know. Was it, uh, I don't know how many. It was Ralph Wilson Stadium at the time, and I'm not sure how much it holds, but it was it was somewhere, I think, around 90,000 or 80,000 oh, people. Geez. Maybe I could be wrong. Yeah, I could yeah, be wrong. But that has been shattered now. Big, uh, big hockey numbers. Yeah, yeah big yeah, hockey they, numbers. You know, I think they played in the big house a few years ago, Detroit and Toronto, yeah. and I think they hold, like, what, 115,000, 120,000 people, so... Um, yeah, that's a that's a cool place thing uh, to be involved in and, and to, to experience. Right on, right on. You mentioned, Colby, you know, your time in, in Toronto, like just all of the big city, the media involvement. Do you think you could start to see bridges, relationships building for you that kind of led to, to where yeah. you are now? Tell us a bit about yeah. that. Yeah, totally. And, um, you know, my agent, Newport Sports, was Don Meehan, and he, you know, he represents a ton of guys, and they're out of Toronto as well. And I had the ability after Toronto, I got bought out of my contract. I got hurt a lot there. It was really not the not the greatest, like probably harder physically and mentally, uh, harder on me than any other season. But um, I had the ability to go to Montreal even the next year, which was um, the lockout season. So we only played half the year, but that was awesome. I grew up a Habs fan as a kid, so that was like a dream um, for me. But, you know, the ability to be in those kinds of markets – um, and ever since, you know, junior Mooner, I love doing all the interview stuff. And yes. I love doing the, uh, you know, the, the post-game hot stove in the lounge. And I love doing all the, you know, pre-game interviews with you on your little mic stick thing with your recorder. You know it. I, I liked, I had fun. I had fun with all that stuff, uh, ever since I was in junior and it was something I always kind of enjoyed through my career and, and being, being around and wasn't like shy about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it kind of, yeah, it did kind of, um, you know, propel me to a situation where I could possibly get like a little bit of a foot in the door to, you know, you know, get a look. And, and at my time as a Leaf, I, I got to go, we didn't make the playoffs and I got to go on uh, the TSN panel at the time. Um, and I also got to do it when I was playing for the Thrashers. I got to go on a Sportsnet panel. Uh, it was the first time I ever did it for the Stanley Cup final when they, the Penguins lost to Detroit that year. But I got to do, be there for two games here in Pittsburgh. So they flew me in. I did the pregame show, the postgame show, watched the game with Kiprios and Millard. Um, and yeah, that was just like kind of like a little bit of a taste. Um, and I thought I, I thought I did okay, but you kind of, it's on the, it's like kind of far away. You think you're going to play forever. 
Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but um, I think it was a great opportunity just being in those markets and having the opportunity yeah. um, to kind of get a taste, taste of it while I was still playing. Um, that kind of propelled me to, you know, you know, do some things post-career, whether it was radio or on TV. Yeah, for sure. Now, did that opportunity come up right away when you're done playing or, or what, what did that first couple of year transition look like for you? Yeah, it was, uh, I was living in Saskatoon when I first stopped. So, um, you know, I didn't have much going on. We had, uh, we have at the time, I think, uh, trying to think how many kids I have four kids now. So I was trying to think what I had at the time. <laughs> well, it's I hard to I keep track. Uh, I know. Like, yeah. Geez, this thing one, four is a four is a lot. Yeah. So I think yeah, you're a dummy like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we had two kids, and I was like just sitting at home, maybe outdoor rink in the winter, and you know, before that season started for the NHL, I talked to my agent Donnie Meehan, and you know, he had kind of you know made the recommendation as I was talking about you know getting stopped playing and you know, what I was going to do post-career that like, this is something you should definitely explore. So I got to give them a lot of credit. I, I've obviously been thinking about, you know, that being a possibility, but you know, he kind of got the ball rolling for me and um, I flew into Toronto on my own and I went and talked to a bunch of people and um, you know, Donnie showed me around and made some introductions, which was super nice of him um, to help me out with that. And, and then from there, it just kind of snowballed to where I would, you know, go into Toronto once a month, maybe for a couple of days um, and do a, a few things on radio or maybe a little TV thing, or even just sit in a meeting, uh, pre-show meeting and see how they operated and kind of the, you know, like you guys preparing for your shows, you have to, you know, you don't just sit down and it just, you know, it goes. So there's, um, you know, a lot of things that I was, uh, my eyes were open to at the amount of work that goes on in preparation and behind the scenes to, right. you know, putting on, whether it's a podcast to TV, um, and that was kind of like uh, amazing to me because, you know, doing TV, you're just sit and you're just like a dummy on the couch and you're watching and as they're talking, highlights just roll up. Right. But like, you know, the preparation and, and kind of the planning that goes into an intermission or, yeah. you know, a pregame show uh, is more than just like, oh, they pulled a highlight. And as he started talking, the guy that's like pushing the buttons accidentally found the clip and it worked out perfectly. No, it's like really interesting yeah. to see how it all works. So, um, you know, be able to see that. Um, and then just get reps, man. I just had to get reps, boys, and, and um, you know, kind of, I guess, pay my dues and, and work on getting better. And um, I think every year I've gradually gotten, you know, better at it and more comfortable, um, at, you know, being are myself you, are on you TV. Your, are you your own business, Colby? Like, a, is, it, is it all on you or how does that work? Tell us a bit about that behind the scenes. Yeah, I guess it's um, like I work for Sportsnet. So and, and here in Pittsburgh, I also work regionally with um, the local uh, regional broadcast. So it's okay. AT&T Sportsnet here in Pittsburgh doing Penguins games. Um, and uh, I also do Penguins radio network as well. So I'll, I'll flip flop back and forth on the pregame radio and TV shows here regionally. Um, and I'll do some postgame TV and a little bit of postgame radio as well. Um, it's kind of been pushing more towards uh, TV in the last year and a half or so. Yeah. Um, and then I fly up every week to Toronto uh, from here uh, for my Mondays and Tuesdays have kind of been my thing uh, where I've been slotted to do all those games. So it's all the Canadian regional um, teams that we have uh, um, and whether I've been able to do some Toronto games, which has been really, really cool. Cause that's, you know, that's, that's big in the Toronto yeah. regional. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the Oilers, the Flames, the Canucks, which I, I do a most of their games all season long. So I'm pretty familiar in following those teams. It's been really, really a lot of fun. But I guess, I guess like kind of just like running my own operation and, and uh, I've had to get a, 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 an agent for this business because okay. it's uh, been a lot to understand and, you know, what goes into, you know, getting all that stuff done. So um, it's kind of been like a whole nother world that I've had to kind of progress into and jump into and, um, you know, how to operate all the different jobs and contracts and how it all works. So it's, I, I, I remember the first time, Hey, the first few weeks, uh, months that I was doing sports net, I went up to the guy and I'm like, Hey, I haven't got paid, you know, like what's going on. And the guy's like, well, did you invoice? And I'm like, what's an invoice? Like, what the oh, hell boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mooner, Lolly, this is what yeah. you're dealing with. Like a guy yeah. who played hockey his whole life that you just open your like locker to hang your clothes and your paycheck is in there. You don't have to invoice. 
So, you know, a lot of the real world issues were kind <laughs> was of a good learning. Moment. Yeah. yeah, I had to learn how to do all of this stuff uh, initially, which was like a total eye opener for me on how to how to manage yeah. kind of all, all the, uh, you know, off camera stuff that comes with, um, you know, being employed like that. Is You're like work- a freelance guy then. Freelance, yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I'm a freelance, yeah, pretty much. I think that's how the qualifies. Imagine it's pretty competitive. Every year, there's yeah. another batch of players coming out of the league that want to get into into your world. What, what's yeah. that competition look like? Yeah, it's been interesting, and it's been pretty up and down. I think like we've seen a lot of people um, leaving, and a lot of new people hired, and a lot of positions been pushed around in the last few years. Um, you know, and then, you know, everything's up on the kind of the business side of all these networks with regional rights and kind of trying to secure those for a number yeah. of years. And, um, so it's, it's a pretty up and down industry and business to get into, um, you know, something that I'm still kind of learning about and navigating and kind of like what's going on in, in yeah. that world. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I fancy myself pretty fortunate and lucky um, to be able to, you know, do what I'm doing and on Sportsnet and working yeah. national games. And I got to do the playoffs and the pandemic from home, which was crazy. Um, and I've gotten to do playoffs the last couple of years leading up before this year as well and work with some incredible people and sit on panels with people that are unbelievable. You know, Kelly Rudy, Elliot Friedman, Ron McLean, David Amber, just to name a few that are, that are unbelievable, unbelievably talented in what they do. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I'm fortunate because I know a lot of guys that would love to probably be doing what I'm doing. And yeah. um, I know lots of guys try out or lots of guys have visions of, of maybe going for it. And, you know, I've just been lucky enough that it's, it's you got your reps in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I got my reps. Yeah. I'm still yeah. learning. I'm still working on it. Yeah. It's, do uh, do it's you find fun. that you're able to, uh, you know, I don't want to leverage it or, or say leverage, but have other opportunities come up because of the work that you're doing? You know, your, your teammates with Whitney. Is there any any pick, yeah. pink Whitney in uh, in your <laughs> world? Well, I've gotten to do, like, I've got to do some Ram commercials for Sportsnet. Um, that yeah. was pretty cool. So kind of getting into, I'm not sure people may be getting sick of seeing me on those, but um, that's been pretty cool the last few years. I've, I've been able to, you know, consistently do, do that for Ram uh, through Sportsnet. Um, and... Um, you know, I've had opportunities and, and, you know, people that have asked me about doing a podcast, like you guys are doing. Yeah. Um, but right now I just feel like I'm, I'm pretty busy with other stuff to be able to jump into that. It's, it's just, it's still a lot of work. Like, it's a lot of different worlds. It's a lot of different worlds and a lot of time yeah. to, you know, put into, you know, preparing shows or doing different things where I think I have a lot going on as it is, but, um, um, yeah, any we any aspirations or thoughts looking ahead oh, on the extra stuff yeah where, where you um, might want to go or you know I, I'm, I'm trying to improve so that you know like you know you got mooners mooners a great host you can run the show and it comes the comfort of kind of switching gears and you know you know you know transitioning into different topics where i find you know the hosts are incredible it's crazy you're sitting there with tv you're talking about you know what you're going to do later that day or that night and we're back in three, two, one, and they just turn it and they just snap. Yeah. Like they're just unbelievable, unbelievable to see it in real life. And um, I'd like to be, I, I kind of feel like I'm comfortable that way and doing my own thing, yep. but to be able to do like public speaking um, or hosting different events. I know a lot of people think that I can just do that, but it's, it's truly a lot harder than people think. And I'm, uh, I would like to, you know, practice at that and, maybe get to a point where I can maybe do, you know, some more things like that as I've had uh, yeah. um, people approach me about that. But man, it's, it's a, it's a beast to get to that level where you kind of can just kind of smoothly run something the yeah. way some of these hosts operate. Mooner was the MC at my wedding, little trivia oh. side bit. And uh, he hasn't oh. gotten any better since then. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, true enough. That's that might have been the peak of his career right there. <laughs> uh, that, you know what? That might have been. <laughs> yeah. You don't know when it's the... going to be. I paid him with a chicken buffet and, and it was, it was <laughs> good go. times. Hey, Kobe, you got one of the best Twitter handles I think I've seen in a while the, at Armdog. Were you, were you like the one of the earliest Twitter signups there was? Well, I was sitting in Atlanta on the couch and everyone was talking about Twitter. I believe it only been around a few years, so it was just kind of starting to pick up. And I was just kind of bored to where I got. I didn't even know understand what it was, how it could be used. And 
you know, at first I thought it was cool that I could just like, you know, you could, someone could like tweet at me or it's like texting me kind of, or like anyone can reach out to anyone. Yeah. And at the time it was cool, but now it's a total joke and it's a disgrace. <laughs> I hate Twitter. I, I absolutely hate it. I want to, I want to get rid of it so bad. I feel like I have to have it for work because there's just so much on Twitter. I don't People have Instagram, yeah. Facebook, none of yeah. that stuff. So I just feel like Twitter's good for like all the hockey news that I have to keep up on. And are you a, are teams. you a TikTok star now or no? I'm not. I'm videos? not, man. I got four kids. I'm sure I've made a few appearances and a couple of things, but uh, soon enough um, they'll have you in their videos. So. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll be doing the, the all the little button dances like, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. on, the, on the TikTok. So we'll I'm, see if I'm I can... actually a little surprised, Army. You haven't like sewered yourself in any way, shape, or form <laughs> on any of these different platforms. <laughs> not, not yet yeah 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 knock on wood they are i don't know i, I you know it, it's great for keeping up to the news on a lot of this social media stuff and um it's interesting you know you can even individually some of the players you can follow whether from any sport to celebrity to you know friend but you know it's turned into such a joke of a of a thing i just i can't stand it day to day it's just annoying so i, I limit myself from it as much as possible but um yeah, I feel like you have to have this to do yeah. what we do. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. It's like, you got to do it. But, um, you know, one thing I'm really enjoying doing now, my son's 10 years old here, um, just kind of like home life, I guess. I, I've started coaching, you know, little kids hockey, which has been, nice. you know, oh, wow. a, a ton of fun for me. And, and the team's gotten a lot better. The kids are slowly getting better every year that I've been with them the last, you know, two, two and a half years. So it's been a, a, a lot of fun to, to be on the ice and work with these kids and, you know, gets me out of the house too and, yeah. and spend some time with all these guys. So, you know, I've really, I've really kind of enjoyed that and got the, you know, the little coaching bug um, yeah. doing that with these guys. Yeah. It's been fun. Kicking it's garbage good. cans yet? Is that a setter move? Hey, that is an all time sick coaching move though. It's like kicking hey. garbage can. Yeah. What was what's that show uh, up in Canada the guy, where the guy kicks garbage cans? Letter Kenny. Letter Kenny. That like guy that does check. that is unbelievable. <laughs> that guy is unbelievable. There's that clip of him. What do you got to do? Kick a garbage. Kick can. a garbage can. <laughs> yeah. He has all the different garbage can kicking moves yeah. that he does. The tornado, the boomerang, boomerang. Oh, I love the boomerang. Yeah. It's embarrassing. <laughs> hey, you're embarrassing. Embarrassing, 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 embarrassing. <laughs> it's a great clip, yeah. So I it is a great clip. It's okay. Been, it's been, um, I do laugh at that clip. I do think about it sometimes, but it's, um, yeah, it's been a great experience just, um, you know, being able to, you know, it's, on the, it's on the coaching bucket list. Uh, for, yeah. For it's on the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing that and playing against all these teams and we're down here in the States. So USA hockey, the whole thing's totally different than I, that I was used to growing up in, in hockey Canada and Saskatoon. So wrapping my head around what's, what's how everything works here is, has been something else, but something I've really enjoyed. Speaking of arm dog, you, you talked about the quarantine life and uh, you mentioned the, uh, the arm dog saloon. Tell us about that. Oh, I had it, I had it rolling. So yeah, we were on lockdown. <laughs> Everyone was stuck at home and you know, it was, it wasn't that much fun. Let's admit it. It was a little, you know, everyone was probably a little scared and, you know, people off jobs and a lot of question marks in people's lives. But I think liquor sales were through the roof with like oh, a lot yeah. of people, right? Like it was incredible, right? Like, so I, I started this thing or I, I called it the arm dog saloon and I just like randomly FaceTiming or send a, an invite out to everyone that we're going to get a saloon going. And it's pretty much just like a, you know, FaceTime um, hangout with everyone and have a few drinks and hang out. So it was, it was fun. I mean, we had people coming and going as they please, they'd come on and say bye. Um, and of course I was the bar were you, owner. You, were you host? Yeah. Okay. I was the host. So I, I like felt the need to stay on for the entire six hours oh, yeah. where, you know, <laughs> guy that entered number 10 that entered that wants to get his three buddies on here. And then there's like, you know, on the, you know, on a FaceTime and there's, you know, yeah. whoever's talking and swirling around. It just, it became like just insane to where the saloon wasn't able to run for a few days after that, because uh, <laughs> I mean, it was, uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. It was great catching up with people that I hadn't talked to in a long time and catching up with, uh, you know, our Red Deer Memorial Cup team. We did, we yeah. did one with them uh, awesome. where we had a bunch of guys all get together and, um, yep. and you know visit and laugh and you know catch up with each other so 
um, made for some, some, some good catching up time. And, uh, you know, we made the best of what we could with the situation, uh, you know, see some faces that you haven't seen in a long time. Right on, right on. And now as you know, your future goal of, of in the hosting world, you can mark, uh, arm dog saloon as, as yeah, part of your work experience. Uh, yeah, that's on the resume boys for sure. Nice. Yeah, my resume coming out of hockey was pretty bare. It was like, you know, yeah. paper boy. I, I know Cam uh, Moon. Working, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah paper boy working at like a floral shop type of thing. Um, <laughs> uh, greenhouse, uh, through high school a little bit. Um, knowing Cam Moon and then pretty sure. much playing hockey. So I'm starting to kind of get some stuff on my on the resume there where I can kind of show off a little bit in my in my thirties. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Colby, thank you so much for making time for us today, hanging out uh with me and Mooner here and, and sharing some of these great stories on the Top Cheddar podcast. Uh that was awesome, eh, Mooner? Awesome. Army, yeah. it's always good to see you, always good to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely, boys. Thanks for having me on, and good luck with whatever this year holds for you guys in, <laughs> um, in hockey, Mooner. When it, yeah. Hey, here, I'm going to do my job. Mooner, what are we What are we seeing for hockey starting up? I'd just like to know personally. I, I don't know. I wish okay. I knew. Okay, Mooner. Yeah, we're, and we'll leave we're it still for that. Yeah, we're in a holding pattern. <laughs> holding X, pattern. Great on the yeah. <laughs> Well, hopefully we no. see uh, junior hockey back up soon yeah. and, and good luck with the podcast boys. Thanks for having me and great talking to you guys. Oh, it's been great. Right Thanks to everyone for joining us on uh, top cheddar. If you haven't yet head to topcheddar.ca. We've got all kinds of great interviews there and, and plenty more coming down the road. You can uh, subscribe on any of the podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, you know, the old Google, uh, uh, Google, I think you'll find us too. Big thanks to our sponsor, twigandberries.ca. If you haven't yet, folks, just unbelievable men's apparel, hoodies, shirts, hats, socks, men's underwear. They got their own underwear line called Nutsack. Love that one. So, yep. And be sure to use the, uh, the code TOPCHEDDER when you're making your purchase. That'll get you 15% off. I'm Rob Lullisher. You can call me Lolly, and this is Cam Moon, and we like to call him Mooner. Mooner. Colby Armstrong, thanks, buddy, for making time with us. Have a great day, everyone.